Thup, the single greatest Husky statesman of the last 30 years, is back on sabbatical. Stalin, try and hold this shit show together until fall camp. I'll be back for a few weeks to boost your ratings. Clearly, I did this spring. You can twist the numbers, but it's obvious Pup pays the bills. Keep up the good fight. Hopefully, I don't get an error message next time I log in. Holy fuck all. Have always liked you, Derek. You ain't a bad dude. Good sorry, Dobie. Another one. Be the best. I'm out. I, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Well, we got me, we got uh, Willie Duke, we've got Hay, Joey Dangerously will be joining us in a little bit. And what we were hoping that was going to be like a celebratory uh, podcast to cap off a national championship is anything but and really, really difficult uh, game to watch uh, last night down in Houston. The Huskies lose to Michigan 34-13. to As we were saying, guys, before we hit record, and we'll just kind of kick it off with this, you know, the Huskies, as bad as they played, and the referees did play a role in the game, but it's, the Huskies beat themselves more than anything else. Um, and Michigan played an outstanding game and it's very physical, et cetera. But Huskies are only down 20 to 13 halfway through the, the fourth quarter. And if the final score had ended up 20 to 13, I would have felt a bit better about things than ended up. You get that 34 to 13 finish with the 81 yard uh, interception return and then the, the Blake Corum TD run to cap it all off. And so it just kind of gave the, uh, the feeling of just a throat stomping at the end there. And, and Willie, dude, yeah. we'll start with you. What's your reaction to what I just said there and your overall Yeah, it's pretty accurate, pretty similar. I feel like it's one where, which, I mean, you hear players talk about it, and clearly I basically am a player uh, where, you know, you lose games like this and you feel 20 different ways about it for the rest of your life, and it just kind of is what it is. Uh, it's ugly game. I know we were talking a bit before we uh, started recording, just like even you said, I don't, compl- I, I don't completely agree, but like even if they could somehow they can come back and win that game, they, you, like do you even want to watch that just because it started so ugly and it just never, <laughs> it never was pretty. I Hats off to Michigan. They're, they're good and they played really well. Uh, it reminded me of that fucking like Gonzaga, Baylor, national championship game where Gonzaga seemed more dynamic, seemed like they had better, more dynamic star players. And then Baylor's just like, how many fucking 6'5", 210 shooting guards who can drive and hit a mid-range shot does Baylor have that you'll never hear of again? It just felt like Michigan's whole 
front was all these six one three oh five guys who were kind of interchangeable and will maybe never make a practice team, but then their DBs were all six foot two oh five and just they just had a constant like constant barrage of them and they never messed up. And then defensively, I mean the game plan, I'm sure we'll go deeper into that. I, I think the officiating sucked, but I when you lose by that much it is what it is. So then Defensively, I, I don't. I feel like the, the offense totally wasted a defensive a, a two quarter, two quarter, really three two and a half, uh, maybe three quarter performance by the defense that was actually good. After I thought they were just, I thought they over pursued and just left some bad alignments more so than like the narrative is going to be that Michigan's offensive line like took the Joe Moore, but I, I really think the defense just. I think they benched Tupatala into a, a infinity because of on the last touchdown where he like moved the whole defense to the wrong side and they just ran where they weren't. Uh, I'm going to stop my rambling, but yeah, there's just so many negative, <laughs> so many negative thoughts. I mean, I only have less time today with, so I mean, the, everything's going to pop up on the board, but it's, it, it's negative and it's hard to see Penix go that way. I'm not going to make any excuses for Penix. I thought that was a bad game. I think he lost a lot of money. Uh, I feel bad for Odunze. I think Odunze. I think mm. my big thing is Penix should have turned into a bad quarterback and just latched onto Odunze and thrown to him and thrown jump balls right. and looked at him every play until they until they stopped it because he he was there. But for some reason he, like a bad quarterback, fell in love with Westover, who was fucking injured on top of everything. So yeah, I'm well, done. Let, was, yeah, well, well, hey, hey, jump in here in a second, but I'll say I didn't think it was so bad. I thought. I didn't think we went over the middle enough. And then after the game, uh, Romo Dunze said as much himself that he thought there was some things there that we didn't take advantage of. But I, I do uh, I do agree with you, though, that we seemed uh, both in terms of play calling and also just Penix in terms of body language and stuff and, and then an output, we seemed afraid to stretch the field and go downfield with it, um, almost like – you know, there there be dragons or whatever that old expression is, where you're not <laughs> even going to try to wander in there. You know, and hey, what is, what is your response to that, or anything that Willie Duke said? I just thought that. Um, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm looking at the stadium from my hotel room right now, and uh, I'll just say, just fuck that stadium, just like. Fuck the stadium uh, when I was in Phoenix for the Fiesta Bowl. It's just bad memories. Um, you know, it's funny that Houston, it's a beautiful day in Houston right now. Yesterday it was just pissing, shitty weather all day yesterday. Uh, walked through the mud to the stadium with my buddy. Um, and, and fuck Michigan fans. Fuck Michigan. Fuck their fans. Um, they have a very good team. I felt like their team, you know, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of like 2018 Chris Peterson, where you've got like top 12 ranked Mike Leach and he's got a really good offense and he's kicking Oregon's ass and he's kicking Stanford's ass. And then he runs into a boring Chris Peterson team that just lets him turn the ball over a couple times and just hmm. – it, it, it's hard to really pinpoint what this game was. Like, it didn't feel like a blowout. Like, we were down by a touchdown getting the ball in the second half. 
it didn't feel like a blowout, but just bad vibes from the beginning with them scoring uh, one of those touchdowns. Like we had the dude stopped and he, he bounces it outside and runs 40 yards. Like, I mean, fuck ESPN. ESPN said, oh, 100, 100, 100 yards in the first quarter. Oh, man, Michigan, oh, go blue. 100 yards in the first quarter. Yeah, they had two dumb fuck plays where we had them stopped and he somehow got squirted out and runs 40 yards. I mean, yeah. Hang on now. I need to push back. I need to push back. They had, like, something. I don't have the stats in front of me, but they had, like, 188 yards rushing in the first quarter, I think it was. And that's something that merits mentioning. I mean, that's a shitload of yeah. yards. So yeah, they're, they're, like, they're good at running the ball, but eight, 80 of those yards were just two dumb fuck plays where they, they, ran, they, they ran 80 yards off of, like, two plays. Where, yeah, I mean, give them credit. They're an elite running team. It, it reminded me of 2018 Apple Cup where you've got Gaskin and Ahmed who just they squirt out and now they're running like 70 yards down the field. Um, so bad vibes from the beginning. We, we, we haven't been down 14 to three like that all season long. Still at halftime, like I'm there with my buddy in the concourse and I'm like, we're only down by a touchdown and we start with the ball back. Like it doesn't feel yet like what ESPN is trying to portray the game as. Um, and then in the second half, it's just, you know, what, what was supposed to make us a national championship team, our passing unit, they just didn't get it done. They, they just played really, really poorly, and they lost the game. Uh, the the Mr. Well, yeah. Dunze thing, you know, that, that, that will be a, a painful thing for a really long time. Because you have but, this uh... – Season where you go fourteen and zero and all these uh, you know as, as uh, agonizing or antagonizing I should say as some of the games were and aspects of the games but th- this endless parade and string of great moments and unbelievable finishes and always pulling it out and and it's like having a you know it reminds me of uh, I, uh, the first time I ever had a seven course meal when I was uh, I was traveling around in France for a month. Uh, back in my 20s, and um, we were in a small town called Bainoc on the Dordogne River in the Loire Valley, and we were staying at this auberge that was run by a family, and they had a seven-course meal, and it was like the most amazing uh, conversation and meal I ever had uh, at that point in my life. And then we get to the final course, and they bring out this platter of just moldy cheese that stunk. And, uh, and, and I don't know if that's an apt uh, analogy or metaphor or not, but it was, uh, you get this wonderful season and then Penix, you know, the front cover, front page of the Seattle Times sports section today, there's nothing wrong with it. It's thematic, but I mean, you see it's a close up, huge photo of Penix grabbing his ribs on the ground and everything. And it's just kind of like, fuck, all all that we, everything he went through and and get to that point and, and reach that height and altitude. And then it, and it just ends like that. And it's just, uh, it kind of taints the season a little bit, even though you don't want to think of it that way. It's, we could call ourselves Sugar Bowl champions, and that's great. But, uh, and then it's just, you just kind of, I'll stop rambling in a second here, but you're just kind of haunted by the uh, wide open on fourth down, Roma Dunze in the clearing there. 
that would have made it a 17 to 10 game in, in the second quarter and, and instead was uh, just fell incomplete. You think of the Will Harris dropping the, the little, whatever that was, a little wheel route or whatever, that would have been an easy first down and it was just beautifully softly placed right in his hands and he drops it. And um, you think of Dylan Johnson and the injury, and he's not able to, to get the, those yards after contact like he normally does, and that had a huge impact on the game. And and uh, Pennix just looked rattled, and Grubbs seemed very – he didn't want to stretch the field and attack and go downfield. And I know they were back in zone a lot and stuff, but it's just uh, – like Willie Duke was saying a second ago, at a certain point you just got to start – Try to they had Odunze uh, isolated several times and just throw it up and let him do his thing. So, God, really? I, uh, yeah. Well, in the first drive, I haven't rewatched. Obviously, you might never will. I mean, I feel like on the third down in the, in the end zone, Odunze like had the guy blocked out for like what's almost likely probably going to be a touchdown. And Penix threw it over his head, uh, yeah. and I'll forever, forever just like yeah. be mind boggled of they were like breaking down this play. I think before where like, Odunze is one-on-one on the right side. And there's like a safety on that side. <laughs> like, so you're like, Oh yeah, they're definitely going to put a safety to double Odunze. And instead the guy is staring at McMillan across the field in the slot with a safety on him and a linebacker. And he just stares McMillan and reads the play. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like how, how, that's, like how one? How does this guy? How does this guy not just go to Odunze? That's any team would do that. Then how does he not look to Odunze? Uh, yeah, I I think it might help to break it up. But I mean, in different ways. I just felt like I think we've kind of touched on it, but from the get go, they just kind of played like Michigan's game. I, uh, it, I I didn't like it. And on top of it, going into the game, one of my worries just as a fan was like. In big games under DeBoer, like, other than if you count UCLA as one last year, like, they don't get behind. Like, I don't know how to – I can't – even if it was 7 nothing. I was like, oh, shit, this is over. Like, uh, and I, I wonder if the team had any – that any effect on the team. Like, they've gotten behind in, like, crappy games where you're like, yeah, but if they, like, turn Utah and ASU – like, you're like, yeah, if they turn this on. Or even or, or even Oregon, when they let Oregon get ahead in, like, both of those games, you were like, they can move the ball. They're, like, never going to feel like if they don't have the ball, you know, late and get a chance that they won't score. Uh, and that – it just felt different, like, you know, and it felt like against Texas. I know Texas – Texas was a – I stand on my statement of, like, on the board of, like, Texas would actually be a good matchup for Michigan, for Texas, and they were just a bad matchup for the Huskies. Uh, and I get their DBs suck, but, like, they took a shot downfield the very first play. They hit it, and then everything went from there. Where this, they, like, they just felt like they were feeding into that stupid fucking boa constrictor narrative of, like, we're going to dink and dunk with our bro running back with a broken foot uh, and, and try to see if we can, like, play ball control with them or something. Or they were afraid, or Penix, maybe Penix was afraid. I I don't know. It just felt like their game plan was bad and then like yeah I mean if you want to talk about just horrible feelings in Husky history like the the first the interception on the first fucking play of the second half you're just like Ugh. how how and it's a it's a weird fucking play like again like I'm not gonna we all bitch about offensive coordinators like that was the time to run like there was a few first downs where it's like 
take the run, get two or three yards, and, like, don't do that. And then Tybo Rogers actually makes a great play to break up, like, the interception, and it somehow still goes to the guy and, like, yeah. he traps it on the, gra- on the fucking ground. And, you know, they still only held him to three I points. I don't think it touched the ground. I, I, I don't uh, think it well, touched it was a it was a fucking bullshit, like, how does that ball go that way? Uh, yes. The same where, like, Boy Tanufi trips uh, their shitty quarterback, and he, like, any, any GM who would take that quarterback in even, like, the seventh round should fucking get fired immediately by their fan base. Uh, he Agreed. sucks. Early on, and it sucks, too. Like, his first three passes, he hit, and that kind of also fucked up the game. Like, he never hit another one. <laughs> He, like, never hit another one of those passes until the one where ZTF is getting held or he would have got sacked and the fucking Idaho tight end catches it. Uh, that kind of ended the game. Uh, he hit a few of his passes early, and I think that fucked everyone up, too, that they started to get worried about him for a second when they should have just stuck with what they were doing. Uh, yeah, I'm just, now I'm just, like, now I'm getting angry, so I'll, I'll take a pause. <laughs> I'll just say this, though. It's like, isn't it something, though, uh, all the uh, and I have, he seems like a nice guy. I mean, so I don't have anything sure, against fine. him. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Dis, I don't dislike so, him. He's yeah. It's not like some of the shitty comments that I see on the boards <laughs> where people want somebody run over by a truck or whatever. Other things I had to actually delete. No. Yeah. Involved, yeah. Not. This kind of stuff, but uh, but in any event, it's like oh, you know, it's oh, let's go to a fourth segment about how he meditates under the goalposts or whatever. It's like I don't care, you know, and it's like. Uh, along with Holly Rowe, uh, I don't even remember what it was, but it was like the running the running back's uncle had a neighbor that died or something, and um, and so that they have to turn that into a you know a, a segment or whatever. But and I'm sure somebody out there listening is offended because it's a little bit more personal than that. But I mean, uh, I hope I think people get my general gist. Yeah. But what I just want to quickly say is, you see the situation with the with the Michigan quarterback and it's whatever, whatever the, whoever the opposing quarterback is for the Huskies seems to just get deified because the Quinn Irons, Oh, let's look at his family again. Oh, did you know that his dream was to always be a Texas quarterback, even though he committed to Ohio state. Uh, And then uh, Bo Nix, again, Bo Nix, I I like Bo Nix, but it's like Bo Nix. Oh, the greatest, you know, you know, he's underneath that towel right now is the second kickoff, but he's visualizing victory, you know, uh, all that shit. So I, that part I don't understand. Why? 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 You know, whatever. It doesn't matter, I guess. Well, but it's just to, it to be to, fair. To, to be fair, Penix got all that treatment this entire week. I mean, all this, all ESPN yeah. wanted they did ESPN didn't want to talk about Washington, so they just talked about Penix. Like, oh, how, how much is he going to move up in the draft? You know, for beating Texas. I mean, Pen- Penix got. He got all that treatment, and yeah, point, I mean, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb to talk about JJ fucking McCarthy uh, in the same breath as like Penix, but at the same time, all, all McCarthy's job was right. all, his job was to just not fuck this game up. That, that's all Harbaugh yeah. asked of him. Don't <laughs> turn the ball over, yeah. and we fucking win. And Penix is asked to he he's asked to be fucking superstar, and he, you know he I mean dude he he triple pumps and then throws the ball into triple coverage on one of those interceptions. I mean, dude, what the fu- what are you doing? I just I don't 
I mean, it, it's like some of the games we've had with him uh, where he lost to Arizona State, UCLA, like some of the games this year where he was really bad. I mean, I, I rewatched the Arizona State game before we flew down here. Like, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's just, I just, he, he got the treatment and he didn't live up, live up to that. And you know what, it, uh, you know, uh, so first of all, for any duck or coob listening to this podcast, I will just throw you a bone and say there's no feeling like waking up at 5.30 in the morning with a splitting hangover and going downstairs where it's like 90% Michigan fans and going and getting breakfast. And on the fucking TV, ESPN has Booger McFarlane with his fucking pom-poms out, like cheering how he was right about Washington. Uh, it's, it's an incredible feeling. I mean, I, you know, it is what it is, but I don't know. That's, that's all I have to really say. But, yeah, Penix, yeah. Penix blew this game. So, yeah. And and, and uh, my next comment is not to imply that I disagree with you about Penix because he, he played a terrible game. Um, but the in, the interception on the sideline there uh, where, where Tybo was turned into a defensive back, uh, Brailsford did step on Penix's foot. So there was a yeah. Yeah. situation there. It wasn't just like this horrible throw. What are you doing, you know? So Yeah. It's the like all, all line, the units that yeah. got flopped. All, all of the units that got fluffed during the week on Washington played really mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I I would say I would, McCarthy gets credit. He had the one scramble when they had him really pinned at their own oh, goal line, still down by yeah. seven. That was – and then the next play, they just ran him again. Uh, but, yeah, they uh, – I. Panic. The offensive line was not good. The guards, I think specifically, which I knew were kind of the weak point of the O line, but it had played good the second half of the season. They just they struggled. The whole the team just was flustered, and uh, which is weird. I mean, like last week's environment, Sugar Bowl was more of a hostile environment. You know, they played at Oregon and they played fine. I I, I did. I was a little worried uh, talking to other fans and stuff and some stuff in the media of like, well, they played against like Oregon's NFL front. And I was like, uh, t- fucking Taki Taimani was like getting like 60% of the reps on that front uh, as were like true freshmen and like just white fucking jags that like you remember from the recruiting cycle that are not good. Uh, and I, I really don't think they from Eastside Oregon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I, so I, I don't think they had played any defense like that, and it just they, uh, they couldn't handle it. So that was pretty obvious. And they just weird shit too. It's like Tybo Rogers never came back at some point. Jeremy Bernard, who like I feel like I saw him in like videos from like media and stuff all week, and he, you know, obviously they're not going to like give away who's not playing, but did he? not play any or he was hurt or did I don't know what the fuck that even was uh I Polk and McMillan they're old so I think they got to go but I think that showed if I'm an NFL GM I'm just like those guys didn't have their best game against like the the closest to an NFL secondary they're gonna face uh yeah it's everything flips on this one game and that's the beauty and curse of college football I mean 
back in the old days, I guess they would have just played Michigan in a Rose Bowl and something like this probably would have happened. I, I don't think this is like uh, I think if they play 10 times, I mean, especially after more than once, because I think they would settle down against that defense a little bit. I think Washington would have more success, but I mean, now I'm kind of lost in my own, my own, my own depression. So I'm going to stop. Well, I don't think, yeah. I don't think Odunze would hurt his stock at all. Um, I do think I, no, that, uh, did it. McMillan and Polk should come back. I, I think, and I'm not being selfish in saying that. I mean, I really, I really think that would be for the best. Uh, for them personally, um, I so. also Rosen Garden, which I mean, yes, uh, I I know we don't. No one's going to say they lost this game because of the refs, but I mean, I saw well, there there was a lot of objective national media people which were who were like, "What the fuck was that?" Combined with, "What the fuck you're not going to call it?" Literally on the very next offensive play, uh, on a big play. Andre Six uh, posted links about that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, you know, we're fans. We get to bitch about that for eternity. It was the fucking stupid call. Uh, my big thing is about five years ago, you started seeing uh, offense like on screenplays. That's what the tackle does like every single time. Like, and I don't, and, like, I don't know what do you call it. Would you call it a block in the back? Because like that was not a hold. Uh, like maybe if you want to, like you push the guy in the back, like technically without being, I just, I just think the ref, saw the guy fall, saw that it affected the play, and then figured he had the call holding. And I've only mm-hmm. seen it in slow-mo. I've only seen it in slow-mo, too. I can't imagine how fucking inconsequential it seems in fast mode. Uh, yeah, that, that's totally fucked. Uh, I don't think that I can say they win, but, I mean, that was with, what, 10 to 11 minutes, and they're, they're down towards the red zone, down by seven. That, that's a big fucking change. And then to have the very next play for Michigan be like a 40-yard pass to a fucking – garbage ass tight end uh, <laughs> on a shoestring, and then the guys clearly like I don't think that like I think when you the people get a little obsessed with the grabbing of the jersey being an automatic hold, but like after what you just called, there's no fucking planet that you can't call that. That's uh, it, it's a Joey thing. made a great and, point in text during the game though. He said that it was I I, I think I said to you guys like. What? The, how can you not call? You call it on us, and how can you not call the? You know the very next. And he he said reputation, and I was like, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> to me that, to me that's the thing where, I hate it too because I think, uh, back when I was more into like Pac-10 and Pac-12 basketball, they would get railed in the tournament because they would go up against these teams, and you'd be watching them, and they're like on the guy with the ball, slapping him like every five seconds, it never gets called. Uh, and then the other team, when they get the ball, and then they would get tapped and they would get the call because, like, I feel like they're like, oh, it's Coach K. There's shit like that I think is actually real. And they're like, oh, Michigan's physical. We're going to let him play physical. It's like, no, it's fucking pass interference. Like, that's you're past five yards and you're, you're, you're messing with the guy. Uh, and it makes an unentertaining game for anyone who's objective. So, uh, but I also do blame the, the team for not taking shots downfield to at least, like, because if they could have taken shots down the middle and uh, got like a pack couple pass interferences, that might have changed up how they had to defend. But I, mm-hmm. I hate. I'll stop for a second. But I hate. It's the basketball and football. They do it where they're like, this team's just playing physical. It's like, yeah, but that's not like that's not the fucking rules. Like that, that's really cool. Congratulations. But that one call, I, I, 
I do think was just a massive and a, a terrible fucking call. Wait, you're you're not you're not excited for Mike Hopkins' <laughs> first conference win over Oregon State? <laughs> no, I, I I didn't even notice it because I was distracted with what football good football was. But I like looked at the scores and like, oh, they lost to fucking Oregon by like two yeah. at home. Oh, then I, I watched that game. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't need to go. Uh, I, I was cool. drunk at like fucking 3 a.m. and I saw a replay of Oregon State at Washington, and that's the only reason I know that that game even happened. But uh, yeah, yeah. To your point, like, and to Derek's point too. I mean, the the fluffing of these fucking jagass players on Michigan. I just they're they're a un, they have a bunch of unremarkable players that are just very veteran and they're very well coached. Like I said, it just it reminds me of like Mike Leach. Like I know that he doesn't have the talent that we have, but it just reminds me of like a Mike Leach like fire offense running into like boring ass Chris Peterson, uh, just playing a conservative game plan. And like what my buddy's saying, I mean, uh, you know, we have an NFL offense. Like we should be putting up thirty-one to thirty-five fucking points on these guys. Um, 13 points is unacceptable. And the reason it happens is because we've, we turned the ball over and our quarterback, like just, uh, they said it after the sugar bowl, like Michael Penix sees the field better than anybody else. Like ESPN gave him that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he, he didn't see the field very well this game. He was, he, he was making the wrong plays. I mean, it's, it's tough to watch. It, it it was tough to watch. Um, he didn't run either. He didn't run either is another thing other than yeah, one the, design. The, the one like thing I will five, say about yeah. the game plan, the one thing I will say about the game plan, and I, I know that people maybe disagree, but I would have, I would have run some like option plays with him. Maybe uh, him and Tybo, I would have done some option. I, yeah, you have to put it into Michigan's mind that he can be a running threat. That's the only, that's the only thing that Alabama didn't fuck up in their game. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it looked like such a shit game plan. It really reminded me of uh, Arizona state wazoo, like shit game plan. Plus your quarterback's turning it over for no reason. I mean, he's sitting there, he's sitting there double pumping it all over the place. He's double pumping it and then throwing it into double and triple coverage all night long. What, why are you doing that, dude? I just, well, I don't know that that's, I don't know that that's true. That's not the impression I got. Uh, he was misfiring guys that were open. Uh, yeah, he, he had, he had his receivers definitely let him down. You're a hundred percent right. His oh, receivers no, no, that, definitely been, let him down. Uh, and that's yeah. not even, I mean, I don't think anybody really played well other than maybe like Westover or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, no, no, I, that wasn't my point, though. I do think that there was some of that, but I, most of it was on Penix, I think. Um, but, yeah. but I mean, I'm I'm just trying to respond truthfully to the best of my ability in terms of remembering. I don't remember him like constantly throwing into double and triple coverage all the time and and going, what are you doing? Uh, it was more like the guys are well, open and he's moving them. I, I, I'm or, going off of the uh, I'm going off of the highlights from ESPN. So ESPN is 
They love to highlight. They, they, the highlights I've seen from ESPN is him like double pumping and throwing it where he shouldn't be throwing it. And, and I need to, the, I need to yeah. interrupt something real quick here that it's very stormy where I'm at and my power almost just went out. So if, mm. our, if our show suddenly goes down, that's why, just to let everybody know. And it sounds like Joey's here. Mm. So, but yep. so, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your point there, Hey, Sorry to interrupt, but I just want to let everybody know my my lights are flickering. And Yeah, I mean, on, on that point, like, yeah, that was kind of a unique thing about this national championship game is everybody's saying how the weather was going to be super shitty and tornado warning and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> It, it was it was quite the experience. Yeah, it, it felt like you were in Seattle. It was great over. Uh, everybody was inside. Um, it was definitely well, a, a crazy experience uh, I'm just, overall. I'm there was some. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to interject this because there was. I don't remember who it was, but there was somebody on the hardcore Husky boards that saw the weather report with the rain and the wind coming. And they were afraid how it was going to affect Pedix, and it had to be pointed out to them that they were going to be at home. So, well, I, I was the dumbass who raged for like forty-eight hours on like, oh yeah, there's a thunderstorm coming on Monday, and like, oh my god, how could they play this game in a thunderstorm? And then somebody's like, oh, oh no, it's an indoor stadium. <laughs> no, after the game, uh, after the game, me and my buddy were walking through the mud. And uh, I was just hoping a light, lightning or tornado would just fucking take me out. It was just a wow, just a, just a, like just bad, just bad vibes from the beginning. And then their fan—I mean, honestly—I wish we would have played Alabama because their fans—they've been there before. Uh, they they have a bunch of national championship trophies just you know collected in their closet. The the Michigan fans, uh, it you know. Playing Michigan, uh, pretty insufferable. Pretty insufferable. And, uh, you know, good good for them, but, yeah. Hey, really Joey? bad vibes from the beginning. Yeah. So, I'm gonna, I, I posted this yesterday saying that this was a question I had asked on the podcast. So, since you just uh, emerged onto the stage here, I will uh, I'll, I'll read this verbatim and you can respond as you wish. Does DeBoer and the UW defensive coaches deserve credit for in-game adjustments and playing much better in the second, third, and fourth quarters? Or do they deserve scrutiny and blame for being an historically atrocious sieve in the first quarter? Can't be both. <laughs> okay. I, I cute mean... the little Mexican girl in the commercial? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, nothing they did in the first two scoring drives were anything like, you know, crazy. I mean, it looked like, a, you know, exactly what we thought Michigan would do. And uh, I think they attacked, you know, the, the positions that we kind of knew were, were weak. Uh, Anybody other than Thule on the front, and then uh, Tuputala on the on the second level, and then you know mixture of Asa and Cam and uh, Dom Hampton, you know, 
not really stepping up and filling in, you know, in the third level. Paula was on every Michigan highlight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't have a great game, but it, I mean, he's a, there was one play, uh, I don't think it was a touchdown run. It was in the first quarter, but it was a pretty long run on, like, maybe a second and 12 or something like that. And I just uh, – Bruner had the play diagnosed. He just, you know, kind of was being blocked – halfway being blocked and, you know, had to stick his arm out there to try to slow the guy down. But he was the one guy who had that – he had a running play diagnosed and he couldn't come up with it, but – it's just getting irritating why he's not on the field more. It seems like good things happen when, uh, you know. Uh, they they need to talk to their defensive coaches, Inge, Morrell, all those guys. They need to talk to them and say, look, we, we can't th- – this again, it goes back to the Mike Leach, WSUT. Like, we can't sit and, like, score fucking 42 points every single game. And they have done really well at times. I mean, they held Texas to three points in the first half last year in the Alamo Bowl. But they, they need to go to the coach and say, look, you guys got to recruit better. You got to you got to do something. Or we need to get better people in here. Uh, that, that's my main takeaway from this game is, okay, the offense sucked. The offense ultimately lost the game. But, like, to Wooly's point or, you know, Derek's point, like, J.J. McCarthy, this kid looks like he should be fucking selling caramel popcorn at a fucking fair. Okay? Like, how is Price not just eating this motherfucker for breakfast? And that's that's what I thought would happen. I thought he would bother him the same way he bothered yours and just... Yeah, they, they fucking just frustrating offense to play defense against the way that they, uh, they, they just, they play for first downs. They play for first downs and they go down the field and you need a defense. You need to get defensive coaches. You need to get a defense. They got to recruit guys who are uh, just needs that need to stop that. I don't know what happened there. Oh, I thought you got mad and left. (laughs) <laughs> just booted me off. Angry Joe. Yeah, I I got mad mid mid rant through my phone through the TV. <laughs> you saw it in the Rose Bowl. You saw it in the Rose Bowl too. Like Michigan, like they they have some back breaking dumb fuck play where they hit like a running back out of the backfield or they hit the tight end for like a first down, and it's just some sometimes. Sometimes one first down is a lot more valuable than others. You hit that back-breaking first down, and it's like the defense just feels like they're just going to keep going down the field. Like, you have to stop that. It's the same shit that drove us crazy with Peterson against fucking Stanford. Stanford would hit a back-breaking first down, and you're just like, okay, well, we're just not going to stop them. They're just going to go down the field and chunk up five minutes. And it doesn't matter if they score a touchdown. It doesn't matter if they kick a field goal. Like that, that kind of stuff matters in a game. And we just can't have a defense that is this inconsistent anymore. This, this defense should have eaten WSU up for breakfast. 
Uh, yeah, I thought... we'll, we'll go about another 10 minutes and then shut the show down because I'm getting depressed. <laughs> yeah. I really am. Yeah. This sucks. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was say, echo, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the stadium right now. Like I experienced the fucking nightmare firsthand. But at the same time, like we ripped off 14 straight games. We have three Oregon scouts, two Texas scouts, two Michigan State scouts. Like I'm, I'm never gonna forget this team for what they accomplished. Like. <laughs> You know, I mean, this is this is a horrible way to end the season. But, again, Oregon got fucking destroyed by a third-string quarterback 10 years ago. Like, as disappointing as this game was, like, you know, I mean, the thing that really I really, really loved was DeBoer. He didn't throw his players under the bus. He walked off the field and fucking smashed his playbook with his hand. And uh, I think he's hell-bent on – getting this program going and we're, we're going at this point. Like we don't know when we're going to be back, but. Well, there won't be any complacency this off season when you end it like that. That's for sure. It's a 12 team playoff. Like it's not like, like this year we had to fucking run the table to even get here. It's not going to be like that going forward. No. And I think, I think we'll get the benefit of the doubt now. Like we're, Ten and two, or nine and three, or something. But we finished the season strong and whatnot. You know, now that we're on this on this national, you know, on this table, you know, this big big table nationally, it'll be like, well, you know, Kalen DeBoer knows how to win and knows how to win championships, so we can put them in the tournament as like a twelve seed, and you know, they can do some damage in a twelve team tournament. Yeah, I think a couple things is like, I mean, one thing that I'm going to be, that's going to sting about it too, is like Michigan was good, but like if you start to go and like since they created the BCS championship game, I mean, that's one of the most, that's got to be up there with most beatable teams that played in that game in one, like I would throw in like 2013 Florida State, 2010 Auburn, you know, that's another thing that sucks to get this far. I mean, with that bad, how how shitty their offensive quarterback was, like, you're just not going to see that that often. It was there for Washington, and they pulled yeah. it. Uh, I think, I don't know if they got to, like, take a bunch of fucking money from Dempsey or whatever he is and go to the, go pay a bunch of fucking losers like Josh Pate and all these media people who take sponsored content to fucking stay alive because sports media and media <laughs> sucks. But no, because they already have for next year. You've already seen Oregon at like preseason number four and the Huskies at like 20. Like, and that affects preseason you. Number two. Preseason number two. Based on what? Like Jordan James? Like who is coming back for that We're team? We're complaining I, about I Oregon way too much in a show that was supposed to be about the. Yeah. The, well, I, I'm the saying, yeah. They, uh, but they need to figure out. We're moving on to the off season. <laughs> and the, the, the program's in a good place, but they got to do something with yeah. that to figure out how to set up for this future. I'm not as optimistic about the playoff. I mean, I think one of the things that the expanded playoff, like one thing you already see here is like, you're going to have to beat multiple blue bloods and then you're going to get these games on the road. Like you think officiating is bad and for the blue bloods and these stupid coaches like Harbaugh in like uh, neutral environments, like wait till we're playing this game at 
some fucking dumbass mission in Ann Arbor or something. Uh, you know what, though? Yeah. I, I, uh, you guys might feel free to disagree, obviously, but my impression of Troy Dannon is if that happened once or twice, he would go to war over that. It wouldn't be like... Oh, he better. It wouldn't be Jen Cohen just bending uh, over for him. That's a bad image to use, but uh, I don't get that. I didn't mean that to be funny, but... Sorry to interrupt. I'm, I'm not scared no. of I'm not scared of Michigan. High, Michigan's going to promote their offensive coordinator or their assistant to head coach after Harbaugh goes to the NFL. I'm not scared of Michigan. I'm not scared of Michigan State with fucking Jonathan Smith. I'm not scared of Penn State with uh, Franklin, who's never done anything but beat a fucking burnout Chris Peterson. I mean, like I'm not scared of any of the blue bloods in the big. Like, even Ohio State. Like, Ohio State couldn't find a quarterback this year. Like, Ryan Day is winning too many games for them to fire him, and he, he can't find a quarterback. He just took Kansas State's quarterback. I'm, I'm not really scared about the Blue Bloods, and I don't think the Boar is either. Uh, and we don't have to beat, like, in a given season. Like, next, apparently next year for Oregon and Washington – we play like a pretty loaded schedule with the blue bloods, but after that, apparently we're not supposed to play them as often. I, I don't think that, I don't think the boar is intimidated by that. And uh, I think the problem with this game is just, we're a veteran team and we ran into a really veteran team as well. Like we didn't run into a super immature Texas Sark. You know, Michigan beat like a pretty immature Alabama with Milrow and stuff. I just we ran into a really veteran team that just again it it, it reminds me of like Mike Leach running into Peterson where they just let you beat yourself. But going forward, I mean, it's going to be like a shit ton of big teams and a shit ton of SEC teams getting into the playoffs. Like they're, they're going to let like one or zero Big Twelve teams in. They're going to let one or zero ACC teams in. They're not going to let any G5 teams in. So, well, this is so interesting, though. Michigan comes to Husky Stadium on October 5th. USC yeah. comes to Husky Stadium on November 2nd. And then Washington travels to Penn State on November 9th. Well, that's a very interesting schedule. One of the most interesting schedules we've had in a long time. I, I was really thinking about that Michigan game up in Seattle. Like, they're going to unload their team and we're going to unload our team and stuff into the NFL. But I guarantee you DeBoer is going to be, he, he's going to be ready. He, he's going to have that game circled uh, when they come up to Seattle for sure. They're not going to be the same team, obviously. Like they're not going to have Harbaugh. They're going to have their coaching staff, but they're going to have their assistant. And uh, I mean, that's the the most painful part about losing a national championship to this Michigan team is just that, like, they're not intimidating. Nothing about them is intimidating. Like watching the game, they weren't intimidating. Um, no, we they're one of the blue. Day. We picked a bad they're, day to have our, our worst game. They're they're one of the they're one of the blue bloods where it's like it's not the same thing as going up against Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. They're just it's not the same thing or or Oklahoma. It, it's just it's not the same thing. Like it's painful to lose to a team that just 
really good, but just not not elite uh, in anything. Well, he's got a meeting in about five minutes, so let's everybody give their real quick final thoughts. You can say whatever you want, but let's let's make it a conclusion here. Uh, I'll say this. I'll say this on Harbaugh. He handled everything exactly how you'd want to handle it. He gave everybody the middle finger. He didn't apologize for anything. And guess what happened within a month? The media forgot anything about all the shit Michigan did this year and how he was suspended for six fucking games. And no one, no one gave him any shit for it at all. And so, he won a natty. And he won a natty. And he gets the pop off. So kudos to him because... <laughs> He handled everything you're supposed. He handled it every way you're supposed to handle it. Didn't apologize to anybody, and you know, look look where he is now. So, and hey, do you have a yeah. final thought? Or or my, my, whoever? No, yeah, go ahead, boy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll do a pod to kind of reflect on the whole season once we've kind of, you know. Re- refreshed our our emotions. Uh, we'll end it. We'll end it at the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> yeah, fantastic season. Uh, ran into a, had the chance to be there. Could have done it, but didn't. As Hay said, like this wasn't 2019 LSU or like the last two Georgia teams. Like it's a missed opportunity. But fuck, we're in a good place. Get the DeBoer extension. Uh, go into the Big Ten, which is the best thing we could have done. Great season. Great group of guys. Hard to see him go out that way. Um, I, I, I'm interested to see who comes back, if anyone. And that that is what it is. It sucks. I don't hate. It's. It, I'm glad it's. We, we. I'm glad our season ended with Michigan. It, Michigan was a loss. It wasn't a team that we hate. Uh, I don't really love Harbaugh, but yeah, it's it's a good season. Fuck it. Let's let's take a little bit of time to sulk and be but her then fucking enjoy it for, you know, the rest of time. Let's go. And hey, quick final thought. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the first podcast I was on with you guys, uh, the Oregon podcast. Like, we talked about how, like, TCU, Oregon, some of these teams that don't win the national championships, they use it as a, they use it as a, like, a pivot point. Like they they use it to gain a ton of momentum for their program, and that lasts years and years and years and years. And we have a fucking elite coach. Like we're getting all this momentum, and we don't have Mark Helfrich. Uh, we don't have the fuck part at TCU who was the coach at Cal, who was an idiot, Sonny Dykes. Like we don't have these idiot coaches. We have a fucking elite coach, Bob Gregory. So, so. <laughs> You know, again, I'm in the heart of this. I'm looking at the stadium right now. It's super painful, but this is a, this is a springboard type of thing with DeBoer, and I think DeBoer feels the same way. Like, DeBoer's going to sign a fucking fatty extension, and he's going to be hell-bent on getting back here, and he's going to have an easier path. He, he doesn't have to like run 14 you. straight games. Yeah. So, uh, you know, final thing, just I'm here with my uh, – childhood, high school, college buddy. We both went to UW. We were here during the Willingham years. We both had to come out here and see this. Uh, to go experience this in person 
to have your team, have your school and your team in the national spotlight the way we were is just a surreal experience. And, you know, the problem with that is you're going to go up against a team with a million fucking fans like Michigan or Alabama or Georgia. It's just, we got to get used to it. Uh, we're, we're not a blue blood. We're going to go up against these blue blood fucking schools. So we got to get ready for this. Yep. And it should be a, a, a new era and very interesting journey. And I'll just end the podcast by saying this. A few minutes ago, I mentioned those, the, you know, the October 5th game against Michigan, the November 2nd game against USC, the November 9th game against Penn State. But listen to this for the first five games of the next season. Weber State at home. Eastern Michigan at home. Washington State at Lumen Field. Northwestern at home. At Rutgers. Huskies should be 5-0 and going into that Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, and then, and hopefully we're gelling at that point and uh, a healthy Dylan Johnson's running for 130 yards a game and uh, we'll go from there. So, uh, well, Hey, thanks for joining us today. And, uh, to everybody out there, if you made it this far, um, I guess we're just all kind of at the end, we're just kind of grieving, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but you know, next podcast will focus on the first 14 games and, and kind of go through what we experienced and witnessed there. So, anyways, go dogs, and uh, talk to you guys soon. Great season. Great season. Go yeah. dogs. Thank you very much, Derek. Thanks. You bet. See you guys. That's fine. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hu- hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, sh- which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level of cyber peyote, peyote come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but...